0: Welcome to the Inside Texas Football YouTube channel, powered by InsideTexas.com. I'm Joe Cook, joined by Justin Wells. We've got another great edition of Recruiting Intel today. We're going to talk a little bit about the 2025 class. Now that the 2024 class is basically all wrapped up, this is the time where the attention turns to juniors. After just hosting a junior day, Texas already has five commitments in the boat in the 2025 class. They've been building that class since the think about June of last year. And Justin, you and I are going to talk a little bit about what each guy committed brings over the course of the next couple of weeks. We'll kind of go position by position on offense and defense to see who some of the top targets are, where the Longhorns stand with them. But we got to start with the guys already in the boat. Justin, right now you look at the class. It is currently ranked number nine in the on three industry ranking. Uh, fourth in the SEC, which says a little bit about what recruiting is going to be. But you remember last year, Texas? I didn't think entered the top ten until way late in the summer. They're already in the top ten now, and you know maybe they'll fluctuate a little bit, but they're already in a, in a great standing uh, with, especially with five guys in in the class already.
1: Yeah, I was trying to remember how I think there were two guys in the twenty four cycle at this time last year. And I can't – it was Hunter Maudin, and I can't remember Trey the – Trey Owens. I thought Trey was in March in, or February or March. Was it he late January? Okay. But but the point is it didn't look as good as it did now right. for 2025. And they finished with the top five uh, recruiting class. would have been top three if they – if the services would quit re-ranking kids every three weeks. Um it was a great class, and so this is this is something to build on. But we know how Sark rolls; he's not going to push. He, he plays the long game in, in, in these in these recruitments, and I think it it it, it benefits the, the the staff and the in the in the class more in the long run. And so they're off to a solid start. When you've got your quarterback, you're off; you're in a good position. When you've already got a big time D lineman, you're in a great position. And so I I think – and you got a great out-of-state tight end as well. And so I I want to go over some of these guys just so the fans know where the foundation of this 2025 cycle is right now. we got to start at the top with the
0: highest-ranked player in this class. As it currently stands, it's quarterback K.J. Lacey from Saraland, Alabama. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian actually plans to see him on on Tuesday, uh, January 30th. Um, He's been, you know, he's he was slated to come to Texas this past weekend and and take a a visit with his teammate Ryan Williams, but Kalen DeBoer shut that down and earned the commitment from his uh, his teammate. That's that's kind of neither here nor there. KJ Lacey committed last summer, a little bit out of the blue. Um, Texas, you know, is very judicious with its quarterback offers and quarterback takes, and Steve Sarkeesian made the call, I think, last June around a, a camp or a junior day. And if you watch KJ Lacey's tape, at least one thing I noticed is that for a lot of quarterbacks at this level, they're they're really they're either really athletic or they have really big arms. But it may not be go- all going on up here. Um, yeah. And you know, some quarterback coaches want to get the really athletic guy and, and maybe teach how to pass, or so they want to get the really big arm guy. Uh, the thing with KJ Lacey, he, he doesn't have like the typical physical specs you would think of for Sarkeesian quarterback. He's probably right around 5'11". Uh, he's probably uh, under 190 pounds. I may be being generous in, in that. Yeah. And, and, of course, he had a great wide receiver on his Sarah Land team. But what you see, or at least what I feel like I see in his film, is an ability to process that you don't typically see from a lot of quarterbacks his age. Uh, you see him going from read one to read two to, to read three. I mean, his mechanics aren't perfect. And that's a little bit of something to clean up for someone who is, you know, 5'10", 180 pounds, something like that. Uh, but at the same time, like you don't find that processing ability uh, at, at very often this early. And then plus, even with those mechanics, it, not issues, but things that need to be fixed. He makes some great throws, and again, he's got Ryan Williams to throw it up to one of the top receivers in the twenty twenty four class. Uh, but he makes great throws, and y- you can see a lot of the the reasons why Steve Sarkeesian and AJ Milly went to Alabama uh, for the first uh, for their quarterback in this twenty twenty five class.
1: Yes, and 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 there there should always be a disclaimer when we're talking about recruiting and quarterback position, and 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 it should say in Sark we trust. Because when it comes to this position, Sarkisian is as thorough as it gets when selecting his quarterback for each cycle. We've seen it with the rare number of offers we've seen it with the few takes that they've already brought in on campus, obviously with Quinn Ewers, with Arch Manning, with Trey Owens, with Malik Murphy he's got it you know he, he he's very very cautious with what with who he takes and so no matter what we see, we have to trust in Sark. Because he sees something that maybe some of the other ones don't. Now, what we do see is a great kid with a. I, he's not. He's not your stereotypical big arm guy. He's just not. But the ball comes out about as smooth as any quarterback in the country, and it's light. He has incredible touch, accuracy. Uh, he can go throw from different angles. Uh, I'm not a. The off platform stuff I think is is pretty good as well. The thing with Lacey is. He is, to me, the doppelganger of Bryce Young, essentially. Like, he is – if you say he's 5'11", I'm saying 5'10". If you think he's, you know, close to 180, 190, I'm closer to 160, 170. Like, he's lighting the britches. Let's Mm -hmm. just get it straight. But that does not deter him. He is – he's not just good at, you know, accuracy and he has good mechanics. It's his pocket presence. It's his ability to, to shift and move and, and, and change his direction of, of where he's looking and, and keeping his eyes down the field, you know, throwing to a guy like Ryan Williams is tremendous. You still have to get that guy the ball. And I think Lacey does a tremendous job. Like you said, Sarkwit is going by there today to, to check in on him. Uh, he, he committed on June 3rd. Uh, of last summer. And the only reason I have that fresh on my memory is because I posted an Intel story this morning at InsideTexas.com. Please come check it out. Try it out. We've got got a special right now, $1 for a month. And there really isn't a better time to to get on, on board and join the community. We're having a great time over there. Recruiting is fun. Texas has their quarterback, for 2025, K.J. Lacey, that's not stopping Alabama. That's not stopping Auburn. That's not stopping a number of other schools. But right now, they've got their guy in, in Sark. We just have to trust. You know, I'm always a
0: little bit hesitant to compare guys to, to Heisman Trophy winners and first overall picks in the draft. I know. But there is one thing to take from the Bryce Young comparison. You know who recruited Bryce Young to Alabama? Steve Sarkeesian. Bill O'Brien got to use him. But Steve Sarkeesian, you know, in, in an offense where he liked the Tua's, the Mac Joneses, he still recruited Bryce Young to Alabama and saw him as a fit. So yeah. if you have the throwing ability and the processing ability and the athletic ability, Steve Sarkeesian doesn't can can overlook some size, maybe shortcomings, and that's bad play on words. Uh, if you can do some of the things that he believes yeah. is necessary in his offense we got to move on to someone a little bit closer to your neck of the woods. That is Lance Jackson, Texarkana Pleasant Grove. We kind of went through him uh, not too long ago uh, after his commitment of following the Texas Junior Day. Justin, this is someone who kind of had the ability to play a little bit of a tight end, could have played a little bit of a defensive end, uh, but he wants to play on the edge. He wants to play defense, and uh, he gives Texas not only a little bit of a, a foothold and. Uh, deep Northeast Texas, uh, but also just, you know, a, a great player and builds on a very strong edge class in 2024. That Texas hopes they back it up with another one in 2025. And Jackson's a key piece of that puzzle.
1: Yeah. It, it's almost like Sark is building a house every cycle, he's building a new house. And if your foundation, is a four-star quarterback with with great tools and a four-star edge who can get to the quarterback religiously, that's a good foundation. That's a good floor for for your home. And I think that's what Sark's doing, going for the priority guys. And we'll talk about a few others also, but getting like a big D lineman, getting that quarterback and getting that edge guy, that guy that can get to the quarterback. I'm telling you, off the field, Lance Jackson is a – Incredibly nice, generous, sweet kid on the field. He's diabolical. It just changes. It's like a shark when the light when the eyes go back in and and, and they and they change colors. He always moves in one direction. That's what he's going to bring. Six five, about two forty five. Very very good athlete. uh PK convinced him. Look, your future is is bending the edge and getting to the quarterback, just like your older brother who is starring at the University of Arkansas right now uh, in Landon Jackson. Lance is a a great take. It's a good take early, I think, in this cycle because Lance isn't into the recruiting stuff. He he was ready to shut it down, and now you've got your floor for your edge in this class. And Texas is obviously going to add a couple more. But with Jackson, the thing that you got to remember is he's not as strong as his older brother Landon was. Landon had some of this country old man strength to him but he's more athletic and can do more things. It's not just a a barrel you over kind of guy. He has moves, he has technique, and he has really good feet. And at that position, I mean, feet are everything in sports, but especially in football and at defensive end and his ability to use his hands and and get past uh, offensive linemen pretty easily and, and, and deflecting. That's the thing I noticed about him when I went and saw him last year a few times was how he was getting in passing lanes. I mean, he batted Gilmer's passes down four or five times. And to me, we've seen that's that's a big thing. That, that's valuable for a defense when you're trying to get that offense off the field on a third down. It's not just getting to the quarterback. It's disrupting the offense. That's what Lance Jackson does. He's a disruptor in a very diabolical way on the field, off the field. Just a tremendous kid, locker room guy. Glad he jumped in the boat early.
0: Yeah, one thing about Lance is you think about the the way that, that Pete Kwiatkowski plays those edge positions. When they're in that base nickel, they like guys who, yes, can go forward, but every now and then, especially if he ends up at Jack, um, Buck has yeah. to drop a little bit on that weak side, but Jack does too. Um, not as often, but still a thing. Think about a guy who also moonlights as a tight end, albeit in a very run-oriented offense, Someone who still is able to play on offense was getting looks on offense from schools around the country. That's a guy you have playing a position because if he if he's at two forty five and he puts on twenty more pounds, something like that, <laughs> he's going to be playing on that strong side. Uh, so yeah. he not only has that strength, that rushing ability, uh, but he also you you just see from the fact that he is uh, playing offense at a five, four a four,
1: four a, a level. A big four and and he's big good tied in.
0: yeah yeah uh, tied in offers Joe right like he he's someone who can definitely has the movement skills needed to play uh very well at that position so uh and hey like you said it, it's another uh, addition from East Texas that's something I know that always makes you pretty darn happy and uh it, it, when they're it good helps. enough yeah and it helps with Texas as well we'll keep it moving along to Emery Winston He's a tight end, the number 227 overall prospect in the on-three industry ranking. Uh, he's from Calhoun, Georgia. So a little bit into Tashard Choice's uh recruiting area. Of course, Jeff Banks, Steve Sarkeesian uh were, were on this one. And as far as tight ends go, uh kind of unique compared to some of the other guys that that Steve Sarkeesian and Jeff Banks have, had have added in recent years. Has you know, maybe not the the height, but he's got some of the movement ability to where if, if this is a two tight end class where it looks like that's where it's heading, he gives you some, some traits and a a frame that fit into one of the molds of the tight ends that Texas likes to use on the field.
1: Yeah. You know, Winston's he's, he's an interesting guy. I think you really described it well. Uh, he chose Texas over Ohio state and central Florida out of Calhoun, Georgia. Anytime you can get a kid down there, you do. Um, and the funny thing is, I, I'm pretty sure it's that's Amare is how you're supposed to say his name, uh, even though I've probably messed it up a few times. Um, he jumped in the boat early and and he's a guy that, you know, he I think he could I think you can envision him playing in line and flexed out. I think if he puts on more size and, and he's already a big kid, don't get it twisted. Uh, you want to see a little bit more physicality from from a blocking guy. I think he's more of a pass catching tight end. But. A lot of them are. That's the that's the nature of the position in the spread era. You know, they want that extra guy that can be a weapon that the defense has to pay attention to. That's Winston. You know, even if he does line you know, line up in line, you have to have him occupied. Otherwise, he's going to burn you behind a linebacker potentially in a, uh, with a safety one on one. Texas only took one last year in Jordan Washington, so I think they're going big in this cycle. I could see two maybe three tight ends because there's some really good ones in state. I almost feel like they went a little early with Winston on, on this one, but you got to trust Jeff Banks. He really does just go big game hunting when it comes to tight ends. And Winston's a guy I think can do both. He'll do some of that in line. He'll do some of that flex. He's got some of that, um, He's got some of that athleticism to him. He's, you know, he's a basketball player, and you know how I feel about that. Those traits often translate, especially at the tight end, uh, since Antonio Gates and Tony Gonzalez errors. And so, Amari, hey, this is a guy that that I think can get on campus. You're not going to need him to play immediately. You can give him a couple years in the strength and conditioning program, get get a little bit of that baby fat off and, and get him kind of slimmed down and trimmed up and get him ready. Uh, because I think Winston's actually going to rise in recruiting rankings. I think you're going to see this guy have a really, really good senior season, good off season, because he's he's locked into Texas now and he's happy. He Him and Jatavian Sanders have a really good relationship and you got to give Sanders some credit in this recruitment because I think he was vital in it. But at the end of the day, Texas is going to have to go two, maybe even three, at the tight end position. And if your floor is Amari Winston, hey, that's pretty good.
0: Yeah, just thinking out loud about just eligibility and things like that. I think Gunner Helm is about to be a senior. I bet if Amari and I Black had it his way, he'd be one and done at Texas. But who knows? Yeah. Juan Davis, you know, he entered and then exited the portal, and but he stayed at Texas. I think he has. I don't know. I can't remember his eligibility off the top of my head, but it can't he be more than, than a year. <laughs> can't be more than a year, and definitely not more than two. So yeah. the, the the Longhorns, even with adding uh, Jordan Washington, Spencer Shannon, and Will Randall over the last two cycles, they're going to need some numbers because they could see three depart after this after this upcoming season. Uh, so Winston kind of gives you a little bit of uh, like you said, it fits a certain skill set. A little with tight end, you know, a lot of these guys aren't blocking in in high school. They're they're right. a great athlete. The coaches are putting them in space. They're not doing tight end things because that's not what that's not what's most important to their high school. But it's going to be what's most important to Texas, and there's development there. But you still see some pass catching and, and movement ability that makes Winston uh, something in- that, someone in this class that makes a lot of sense and it's a good early add, I believe. Yeah. Before we get going, there are two more to talk about. We got to talk about Andre the Lawyer. Andre the Lawyer is a longtime inside Texas user and never take more than their clients. No win, no pay, and no upfront costs. The principal office is in Dallas, Texas, and Andre the Lawyer has been representing injured Longhorns throughout the state of Texas. Every client gets a personalized text message number so they can contact the team, get direct access to the lawyer all day and all night. Call Andre the Lawyer at two one four. whether you're in a car wreck, an 18-wheeler accident, slip and fall, an on-the-job injury, or wrongful death, 214-444-8808, 214-444-8808. Justin, now we get to talk about a really fun prospect, and you see Brandon Brown from O'Galley High School, I think Melbourne, Florida, 288 overall. And if you watch that film, and you look and see how he looks in person, that that may be a little bit too low, even at this yeah. early juncture. And Texas does have Bo Davis to thank for getting that early commitment. Uh Bo Davis obviously now at LSU, but now it's on to Kenny Baker, who was announced as defensive line coach to keep Brandon Brown in the fold. And you even talked with Brandon Brown, I think on Monday night, to to hear, you know, what he wasn't able to meet with Coach Baker. But he was able to see Steve Sarkeesian, see to Shard Choice and choice Jeff Banks, Jeff Banks. Yeah. and uh, help you know solidify that relationship that led the Florida defensive lineman to commit a little out of the
1: blue. Yeah, you know our first worry, or ours, you know, fans' first worry was you know what happens with the D line guys now since Bo da- Bo Davis moved on, and in Brandon Brown contacting him, I think was a was was a must for us. We, we needed to get some clarity. And, you know, it's funny because he was the same when he committed as he was last night when I got to catch up with him. And we have a story up at InsideTexas.com. You really do need to read it. Um, Brandon committed to Texas. And I kept thinking, well, you know, Bo Davis was influencing it. Brandon committed to Texas. Like, he was pretty adamant about that. He said, look, you know, Texas is where I can grow. They're going to get me where I need to be. They're going to put two guys in the first couple rounds, defensive linemen in the next draft. Like, that's where I want to be, Texas as a whole. And I think Sark and and Banks and Choice coming in was big for Brandon because they they wanted to ensure to him how important he is. How important is he? Man, he is a mud dog in the interior D-line. He is scrappy. He's one of those Florida cats that just gets after it. You know, great violent hands, constant motor, um, got a pretty good frame. That's gonna need. To, that's definitely with the ability to add mass because he's gonna get bigger. I mean, I think he'll probably turn into a three tech uh, before too long. He, he's got that sort of frame and sort of clay that you can mold. Um, he's just active. He, he kind of reminds me of a maybe a, a junior version of Malcolm Brown, the old uh, defensive lineman out of Brenham. In the in the instance that he's just always, if you turn on the film. He's just always in the play. And a lot of times with defensive linemen, especially in high school, you know, and when it's in the August, September, October, they're not as active as they are in November and December. When it gets colder it's when those guys actually play more. Uh, but Brown is so – I think he's so important to this class, Joe, because they are jumping into the SEC. And I continue to tell you, they have got to stock that, that defensive line. You're going to get bullied if you can't stop the run. Brandon Brown – is the antithesis of stopping the run. He knows exactly what his role is. He's incredible with the two gap. He's really, really active. And now that Sark and those guys went to see him to to reaffirm that commitment, to let him know you're going to have that new coach. He's talking to Kenny Baker within the next 24 to 48 hours. Texas announced that earlier today. You made a post about it at InsideDexas.com. Come check it out. He's going to talk to Kenny Baker. But the biggest thing I got from him last night was I, I committed to Texas, not one coach. And you know he loves Coach Bo. Don't get it twisted, but he's like, I I I want the school. There's a it was a bigger decision than just one position coach. And if you're a Texas fan, that's exactly what you want to hear. And if you're Kenny Baker, that has to make you giggle when you started your new job today. The
0: thing that impressed me most about uh, about Brandon Brown is you watch his film and you just see him bullying people. Like I always kind of have that my my standard when I'm looking at offensive linemen and defensive linemen is would in high school, would all 48 minutes against this guy suck? And Brandon (laughs) Brown would make all 48 minutes suck. Like he is, he's able to just bully not only with his arms and with his, but with his drive too. And just, you know, throw people around. Like you want to, you want to see stuff like that and the moves will come, but the strength is there. Uh, 6'2", I think 275 listed by on three definitely has the ability to get up to 300 pounds and this is one of those recruitments where you thank Tavondre Sweat, you thank Byron Murphy for some of the uh, the things they did this past season putting Texas defensive tackles on the map, winning the Outland, earning All-American honors, likely going on, you know, top 75 picks, but both, both those guys, you can credit the Texas defensive tackle play in 2024 or excuse me in 2023 for the yeah. assist in this 2025 cycle. And it's going to be a class where they go big on D-line. Like after taking one and, uh, you know, they they had some portal stop gaps with Tia Savea, uh, But after, you know, losing Dontre Robinson, he only got Melvin Hills and Alex January now on campus. He only had Sadir Mitchell last class. They're going to go big at, at the big boys. And this yeah. is the first and I think a great addition. We got one more to talk about. Linebacker Anthony Williams. He's number 423 overall prospect from Pearland Shadow Creek, an extremely talented program with a lot of extremely talented prospects. Williams is one of them. Uh, gives not, not only does it give new linebackers coach Johnny Nansen someone to work with in this 2025 class, but it brings probably a level of athleticism that Texas likes to mold at linebacker into the class and Again, you know, maybe you could think of this as another guy who sets the floor for the position, but he does obviously still have upside because he's
1: athletic to probably play multiple positions in this Texas defense. See, that's I'm with you. I think he could play multiple spots. I think Texas envisions him at will, backer, right now. But, you know, don't call him an edge. <laughs> we learned that. But turn on his tape and you see some outli- outside linebacker traits. You see some ability to get to the quarterback and, and be disruptive. Anthony one is number one. He's a program guy. Every locker room needs an Anthony Williams. That that's how he is. Number two is like you said, he's got athleticism. Like he, his his tape shows he's got some Twitch and number three, he has a great frame. He is only going to get bigger. He is only going to get stronger. And so I think it's that versatility that, that, that programs really look for because we're seeing that in the NFL. Now they don't want your traditional defensive end anymore. They want a guy that they can line up at two or three different spots, maybe get some pressure on a third down. And so with Anthony Williams, I think that's the best part about him is we don't know exactly how he's going to fit, but with Johnny Nansen jumping in, I love that. Williams was already in the boat. PK had already signed off. PK is a big, big fan and i'm at, i'm kind of at the stage now where i think pk and 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 you know picks those guys well i think he he knows guys that can smell the football and that can get to the quarterback and that's what williams can do not to mention he's pretty good in coverage he's like decent in space he's not a guy that that you see over pursuing or getting stuck on a on a running back and not being able to to carry him out into the flat anthony can do that and again Every program needs an Anthony Williams. And so I think, I think this was a good take, uh, especially setting the floor for linebacker. You know, one thing that stands out,
0: he committed on New Year's Day, Day of the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. Jeff Choate was going to Nevada at that point. Johnny Nansen had been rumored, even on Inside Texas, but not yet announced. Right. Anthony Williams still committed. And I think that that speaks not only to his faith in, in Pete Kwitkowski, but also to his faith in Steve Sarkeesian. He was just that junior day. He's starting to be. There's a process after you commit where you commit, you kind of come off of that. You're feeling really good, and then you get to go back as a commit. And he's going through that. It's one of the probably more fun experiences that uh, prospects can have making their first trip back to to their campus. And Williams got that experience the other day. And hey, you know we're talking about five guys. These are all top, you know, top four fifty. Like Anthony Williams could move up. Like we're we're only probably going to be talking for the majority of this cycle about top 350 top 400 guys anthony williams is on the outside of that I think should, yeah like he's someone who has a has a good chance of moving up playing on a very talented shadow creek defense that gets a good schedule in that part of houston like this is the this is a player who shows off the athletic ability you want at linebacker and he can like you said drop in coverage and do that pretty darn well too so Good linebacker take. Uh, let's see. Just you know, in the 2024 class, they only really added Ty Anthony Smith. Of course, that was after a massive 2023 class uh, where they had, you know, depending on what you ask, you know, three to five linebackers joined that fold. So uh, Anthony Williams is someone who is going to be part of a probably a good size linebacker class and is going to be a great addition to that position and great on the recruiting trail for Texas. So. Justin, anything else you want to add before we get
1: out of here? No, I'm just glad that we covered some of the guys in this 2025 cycle because these are the guys Texas fans need to understand. They jumped in the boat early. These guys are are in it to win it. There's some good momentum coming off of that 2023 season, that college football playoff, the Big 12 championship, heading into the SEC. They're capitalizing on that. If you don't see Sark adding a ton – Because he takes his time. He plays the long game. And at the end of the day, we have to trust him in that, the fact that he's had top five classes the last three cycles. And so I I think it was a great explainer of where Texas recruiting is at right now. And I can't wait for our next segment when we talk about who's going to be potentially next in the boat when we go position by position. It's going to be fun. We're talking about a lot of five stars. That's that's pretty fun. And five stars we're
0: going to have to be tracking. For a long time but Justin thank you so much make sure you like this video subscribe to the Inside Texas Football YouTube channel head to InsideTexas.com again one month of access for one dollar I think there's another deal if you want to go the annual route you can get 50% off too that's always available yeah. as well so come on and check us out you want to go that route you'll be here all the way through when they make it that far <clears throat> the next college football playoff national championship game. So. Great time to grab an annual subscription, get all the summer recruiting, spring football, basketball, baseball, everything you could want on Inside Texas. Justin, thank you so much. We will see you next time on the Inside Texas Football YouTube channel powered by InsideTexas.com.